Hey, and welcome to this new episode of the Pearl Dialogues. My name is Wazi, and together with Eileen, I host this podcast. And the podcast is oriented towards exploring the nature of reality, exploring our full human potential, our true human potential, through the lens of the Diamond Approach. Me and me and Elin are both students of this school. And in these episodes, we have conversations with teachers who have dedicated all from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 years of their life exploring this terrain. So we feel very fortunate to be able to have these conversations. In today's episode, we talk with Monique Morimoto and we inquire into different things, different topics, some of them being intimate relationships. We talk about the practice of inquiry. We talk about how different cultural backgrounds can influence and shape one's life. It's a truly rich and wonderful conversation in my experience. I also want to say that if you've been listening to some of these episodes, I think we've published 10 episodes now and you feel moved to share your experience with us, there is a feedback form in the show notes. By hearing about your experience and potentially also connecting with you, it is filling out our consciousness, our understanding of this community and the people who listen. This helps us develop the podcast and also ask questions that you find relevant and interesting. So as always, I invite you to sense your arms and legs, sense your being as you listen. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that practice, it is uh, one of the core practices of the Dime Approach to sense into the body the sensations of the moment and how that anchors us in the now. That's all I have to say. May you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Pearl Dialogues. Um, today we are having a duo podcast, so it's both me and Lucy, and we have teacher Monique Morimoto with us. Very welcome, Monique. Thank you, Ellen. I'm happy to be here today. Yeah, super excited to have you all. Would you like to share with us your location in the world right now? I'm located in uh, central Massachusetts, about uh, an hour west of Boston. Hmm. Yeah, in a, a city called Worcester. Yeah. Thank you. And you will see? So I am in Oslo, Norway. Yeah. Yeah. And me, Ellen, I'm in a little town called Molkom in Sweden, close to where the Scandinavia Diamond Approach Group meets, actually. But other than that, no one knows where it is. <laughs> yeah. So, Monique, would you like to start perhaps by sharing a bit of how you found the, the diamond approach and, and the inner work as a start? Sure. 
Well, I'd been on a journey for many years in uh, 12-step recovery programs, which I found in my mid-20s. And the spirituality that I learned there was very fundamental to beginning to understand the parts of me that had driven me to addictive behavior, basically. And after many years there, I realized that I was longing for something else. I could feel that there was a, a place in my heart that wasn't being satisfied, that something else needed something, and I didn't know what that was. So I started on kind of a search and tried different, read different teachings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for a few years. And then I met a man who became a business partner for a, a period of time who was in the work. And he told me about the diamond approach. I had never heard about it. And this was in the mid, mid 2000s. And uh, he introduced me to some of the books. And there was something about him that struck me because there was a way that he listened and there was a way that he asked questions. He had in incredible curiosity and brilliance. And I know now it was from the process of inquiry. So he started sort of doing inquiry with me and a dialectic with me. And there was something in my soul that just lit up. And when I started reading the books, uh, Diamond Heart Book One, I found such a deep resonance with the truth. Like it just brings me to tears to feel that now. Now there's just such a deep sense of this is what's real. This is what's real. I need this. And there were no groups. There was a group in Boston that had been meeting for a while, but it took a it took maybe a year later a new group opened up and talk about divine timing and the unfolding of the of our lives and our souls. And I dove in. So that was in the, the mid 2000s that I, I found the path. And right from the beginning, I realized that there was something in here, in, in me, because I've been working as a, a coach for a long time and doing an, a, doing spiritual coaching, what I call spiritual coaching. And I wanted to be able to bring this to people, this path to people. And so an opportunity opened to uh, uh, the new seminary started in the around 2011. And I applied and I was accepted. And, and my path has just opened up and my unfoldment in my soul has just uh, opened in such rich ways as a result of this. And it's ongoing. It doesn't end. When you're saying seminar, what, what do you refer to then? The seminary. the seminary. Yeah, that opened up in 2011. What is that? It's a teacher training, the teacher training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I realized I wanted to... I wanted to be an instrument, and I believe this has always been part of my path, and I believe it's each one of us has a um, an inkling, a, a yearning, a way that we want to express ourselves in the world. And sometimes it takes a while to find that where it's so deeply fulfilling. But I, I wanted to have the background and a grounding in a path that was uh, grounded in, in, in the truth, in in deep spirituality, in psychology, and in the truth of what it means to be a human being. And when I found the path, I, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher and it's it's just worked that I my soul has unfolded in that particular way. And so it's been a beautiful, a beautiful and sometimes arduous process. 
I want to speak to that actually. Uh, thank you for bringing that up and thank you for sharing. So now that you are in function as a diamond approach teacher, can you speak to what you feel have changed over the course of being a student and also being a teacher and perhaps also what stayed the same? If you can reflect on that journey, that process. Well, I'm, I'll, I'm still a student. Yeah. I'll always be a student and that, that will never end, which I'm grateful for that. There's this, this path is full of mystery and my soul's unfoldment has a sense of it's, it's just, it's eternal. It will continue to unfold in some beautiful ways, um, in ways that I have no idea. And I think what, what's changed the most for me, having had the teachings that we receive in the, in the seminary, has been a sense of a depth, a depth of understanding of the logos, understanding of the teaching, um, understanding the impact that our teaching has on the individual soul, and the precious gift of being a guide for another human being soul to unfold in this particular way. You know, it's, it's very, it has a particular depth that I didn't experience when I was working as a coach and didn't have the training as a coach. There was, there was, it was a whole different kind of thing. This, this has a, a depth of the preciousness of the unfoldment, the specificity of the student's unfoldment and the, uh, importance of the, the presence, being present, being being someone who can sit with another soul and let them just be where they are, with with support here and there, with curiosity, with open curiosity um, to forward the unfoldment. Yeah, I hear you put put extra emphasis on depth and specificity. Can you speak to that a bit more? What is the specificity you, you experience and you see uh, the Diamond Approach bringing to, to this space and, and to this process? Well, we all, my sense of the depth there's there's an that is that in this moment there's each each of us is arising from a deep mystery from a place that holds all that we are as human beings and so the specificity is how each of us is manifesting in this moment with our unique souls, personalities, with our bodies, with the experience. And so there's a sense of all, all arising happening from a unified wholeness, a unified uh, field, a unified nothingness that is vast and deep and endless and the source of everything. It's the source of our nature. It is our nature. And then there's this happening right here. 
there's there's now, there's this moment, there's, oh, there's this hand that's moving here, there's this mouth that's talking, there are these eyes that are seeing you two beautiful souls and each of you in your unique preciousness. And so the specificity is happening every second. And then our, our ability to be in touch with ourselves in that way through our own practices and presence and meditation and the sensing practice and inquiry that hones our consciousness to be able to be, be the specificity in each moment arising from that depth. I'm curious what happens in you, Eileen, when you when you receive this and hear this. There's this um, space in my chest expanding as we're talking about it, and it's it's this yeah, like a sigh of relief almost. Or it was just a sigh of relief. And then I start to think because there is a part of me that that knows what you're talking about, about being from this endless, I don't know if you can call it the void or in the mystique and and such. And I, I know this somehow. But still today I spent like a good amount of an hour just being worried about money. <laughs> like being worried about these things which I have. And like money, education, what am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? How how will I survive? But I am surviving. But it's it's this like balance of of my my personality or my ego structure being so attached to the fear that I will not survive. And then I, I'm, I'm sitting and meditating and I'm remembering like, no, I'm part of something so much bigger. This is not a danger for my life. Like, so that's, that's what's going on in me right now. Yeah. And both are true, mm. right? We're, I think often, and one of the challenges I had originally when I first entered some spiritual work and as early on in this work is an idea that somehow or other I'm going to transcend my humanness, right? And that I'm going to, I'll live happily ever after once I get realized. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm still hanging on to that. <laughs> I must not be doing something right. Otherwise, I'd be living happily ever after. I'd have enough money. I'd have the right partner. I'd have a beautiful home. I'd have the right job, right? We really, there's something in us that really wants to live happily ever after. Right? And it's like yeah. a healing fantasy. I have like a healing fantasy that when I reached a certain amount of spirituality awareness then everything will be wonderful and beautiful and mm -hmm. and i will have uh, 
lots of money and everyone would like me. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wazia, do you have a similar kind of idea, belief, fantasy? Hmm. I definitely have an ego. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's a plethora of beliefs and ideas in, 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 in my structure, that's for sure. Um, and also fantasies. So what I tune into in this moment, exploring this immediately when you ask that question, my consciousness expands and views the question multidimensionally. So I tune to the different dimensions of myself and one of them being my ego self or my surface level self. And in that domain, <clears throat> there is plenty of, of uh, beliefs and fantasies and ideas. But I'm also in touch with how that doesn't define me, how that is uh, a construct, how that's a construct of my personality. And it has its place and over many, many years, I've been really working to illuminate that structure and to understand that structure. So I notice now when I feel into it, I can, I can feel in my body that there is an element of process that's taking place, particularly in my throat chakra or my throat and and my body in general i i before coming on here i, I had a 90 minute kettlebell exercise workout <laughs> so i can feel i can feel the the aftermath of that let's say, let's put it that way and simultaneously I, I feel myself yeah in the process of centering so i'm really in touch and intimate with the with the intensity of a tired body with the intensity of cells rebuilding themselves and, and, and everything that's taking place in my body. And simultaneously, I would say this more mysterious dimension of really being aware of the, to say, incomprehensible moment, you could say. And the, and, the, and the wonder that's taking place right now. So that's my answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where I think often I, I, in my own path, and I see other students especially get caught up in um, how can both be true? Right. There's a, a tired body, there's the cells that are re rejuvenating, there's a sense of spaciousness in my heart, and wow, I've got money problems, I, I'm worried about my finances, right? Both are true, and being able to hold both 
and being able to be with the experience as it unfolds with a little bit more equanimity, I guess. Right? Ah, this is what's unfolding right now. Hmm. Curious. I'm I'm noticing a flow from having spaciousness to feeling concerned about finances to working out to getting ready for a podcast to oh I was shoveling this morning oh okay oh we had a, a blackout this morning I didn't know if I'd get my electricity back on this is a real story <laughs> and in time for today's right so all of the life happens and I think what this work gives us is the opportunity to live it and live it from a depth to live it sort of just behind i like to think of it sort of just behind the, my ego it's like okay there's a depth here yes there's an ego here i'm always going to have an ego i think i mean i don't know that i'll ever get rid of my ego and i really don't want to get rid of my ego because i need <laughs> i need my ego to function in the world and how can i function in the world with the understanding and the awareness of wow all the universe is right here right now unfolding as this in this location and as you and as you because both are true hmm i'm surfing the wave of what you just shared and i really want to open the question around i need my ego to function in the world can you elaborate on that well if i'm there are times when i'm in places where being my ego is appropriate right if i'm at a networking event or i do a lot of facilitation for different types of groups and i need to relate to people and it doesn't mean that my personality goes away it doesn't mean that who i am changes to be with them with them I still have a personality, I have preferences, I have my superego, I have I have my preferences, I have my my uh what I'm attracted to, what I I may want to avoid. I have people that I enjoy being with, I have people that I can be with but I don't necessarily enjoy being with, right? That's all part of my experience and I'm not that. There's something else, there's presence that shows up. There's the depth of my soul that shows up. There's my my pearl, the the pearliness of who I am that shows up as that. There's my true identity that's there, but as as that. So it's not it's not exclusive of this path doesn't exclude the ego. If I try to get rid of my ego, I'm just rejecting a part of myself. I'm trying to understand it and allow it to become a little bit more transparent, my personality, all the structures become more transparent to what is really true here about being a human being. First, uh, thank you for voicing that for sharing that. That was so so precious. And uh and I want to continue, but I also want to um, like that you said this word, the the pearl, which is uh, in our diamond approach glossary. Could you speak a little bit more about what is the pearl in the diamond approach? 
Well, the pearl is um, a development of our soul, where as we integrate and dissolve more of the structures, that and the structure, the reified, the uh, kind of solidified places in our personalities, our attachments, our positions, our um, our habits, our beliefs, as those begin to loosen up and unwind, our souls are more infused with what's true, with presence, with the 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 our our nature, with with that depth, and so the pearl becomes. As as a pearl, we become um, more of who we truly are. We become more of our depth rather than the surface parts of our personality or our identities. It doesn't mean that we are, again, going to live happily ever after as pearls, but it does mean that... Um, we have more. It, it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that we're losing all of our history, right? It, it, it. We are incorporating. We're integrating who we are, how we've developed, how we've become who we are, and and so we're more of that. We're more of our full life experience. And so there's a richness. There's a contactfulness. There's a heartfulness. There's a um, strong presence in the pearl. Thank you. <laughs> I realized maybe this is the first time we're actually sharing with our listeners what the pearl is, <laughs> and we're called Pearl Dialogue. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. Well, I think it's a perfect, a perfect topic because that's your, that's what you're doing with each person that you've interviewed and with yourselves as well. Your your pearls are shining through your who you, your your souls are shining through mm. we don't lose who we are mm. we realize more of who we really are mm. yeah beautiful share very beautiful share monique and i feel this topic around we need our ego to function is a very interesting topic um, and like you said, let's say you go to a family party, yeah, and <laughs> people no idea of spirituality, right? People are generally identified with, yeah, you know, the, who they always consider themselves to be, at least after they become adolescent and uh, older children, and then into adulthood, and. <clears throat> To then be relatable with with or to be able to relate um, with the people at that dinner party, what's what's your sense of that? What's the sense of kind of when you step into a family dinner party or uh, people who are not necessarily not necessarily spiritual? What do you see happening in yourself? How do you approach that? Well, that's an interesting question because there are times when we they we are also perceived for being how someone has known us, right? So someone who's not on the path will see us the way they always see us. And so I find that I go into my time with my family with a very open heart 
and a, a real love to be with them. I have three grandnieces who are nine, six, and eight months, and a nephew and his wife and a couple of brothers and a couple of other nieces uh, and a nephew. And there's a, there's, I feel a joy being with them. And I also find that I don't necessarily have to get caught in the same kinds of understandings or habitual patterns with my family that I've been in in the past. A lot of that habitual reactivity or relating has fallen away, not entirely. And I can be much more myself, much more lighthearted, and I love to play with the kids. There's there's something special about relating to a uh, a, a, a little kid who just sees you for who they are. And I think that's the part that has been very, um, very satisfying for me in terms of relating with my family is just the, the un, unconditional love from these children. They're, they're just, they're just love. They're, they are simply beaming love. And then watching them grow, watching them change, watching them develop personalities, watching them become agents in the world, their own agents, seeing the influence of, of their environments. So I find that um, And often there's a, there's a way that I'll come back from that and say, whoa, okay, where'd I go? <laughs> right? Like, okay, I, I kind of left myself there. Isn't that interesting? Right? So then I come back and what, what pulled me away? Oh, well, okay. There was a, there was a familiar pull there, familiar tug to relate in a particular way that, okay, I got caught. All right. I got caught. Good. Well, what's that about? And then begin to look at that particular um, uh, occurrence in my own experience and understand it. Yeah, and 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 it's so so beautifully displayed or shared there the element of curiosity, the genuine interest in life, in reality, and with that sense of openness and also yeah in some sense an innocence in in that curiosity of really wanting to know without judging it or packaging it or saying it's wrong but there is that openness and curiosity which is so central to the diamond approach and would you say that i mean children is one thing do you find that what about the relationships do you feel that you still have any relationships that you find to be difficult where you can get more reactive or that perhaps are more stagnant and you see yourself again and again manifesting in a more contracted way do you what, what's your view on that those are really good fodder for inquiry <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think uh, if you if you want to really work on your inquiry, get into an intimate relationship with someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I find myself often in my my primary relationship uh, because there's I mean, we live together. We've been through COVID together uh, recently and it's been challenging and um 
the the object relations the the way I see myself and the way I see my partner um, can often get there's a there's a trigger there, right? And so uh, all of these different ways that oh I like to be right. <laughs> I like to be right about things. I do. I have to admit that. Um, and what happens when I'm not right? Well, sometimes I can back off. But if I'm not right repeatedly, that can, that can be really challenging <laughs> to a certain place in me, right? So I do a lot of inquiry with my inquiry partners and journaling and really try and work at understanding what's going on here that I have this reactivity, right? It doesn't, for me, maybe, you know, I've, I've not been on the path as long as a lot of other teachers for 40 plus years. Uh, it's been closer to 15 or 16 years. Um, but it's, it's, and I don't know that anybody ever lives a life again that wanting to live happily ever after. I don't know that anybody lives a life free from reactivity. But the tool I have now is to notice, number one, there's reactivity happening and I'm getting angry or I'm getting impatient or I'm feeling um, not seen. Those the, the, the wound of not being seen is a big one, right? We all want to be seen. And when that gets touched in us, uh, it, it brings up a hurt. So when those types of things happen, I now can say, okay, take a step back. Take a step back, take a breath. What's going on? And what can I do to work with my own reactivity so that I don't either escalate the situation um, or and hurt hurt my partner? Or um, what can I do to understand what's happening and then approach the situation again from a different perspective? So that's yeah, that's probably the place where I have the most uh, opportunity for growth mm. and opportunity for inquiry. Hmm. that's so precious so precious to be able to like save your important relationship rather than to hurt them and then you don't know how to go back and then you don't talk anymore or you break up or mm -hmm. families that don't speak anymore so, hmm. yeah do, do, do you have some what if, from being in an intimate relationship, what, what have you learned? If you were to share something to yourself 20 years uh, or maybe 10 years or 15 years younger, what would you, what would you share to your younger self? Uh, don't, don't take the other so personally. <laughs> right. Um, that's the first thing that came to mind. And yeah, that and, and compassion, right? So we're two people uh, making something work and we're both bringing our child parts, our identities, our structures. Fortunately, my partner, he's also in the work. So he, he understands the work and we share that. Uh, frame of reference. Um, 
but the compassion's really important. So when I can remember, okay, this this is another soul on a journey, and it's not all it's not all about this particular soul. There's another soul here. He has his journey. I have my own journey. And how can we find some compassion for the situation? Right. Just opening that door a little bit, relaxing the position, <laughs> relaxing the reactivity a little bit can open the door for oh, space compassion, um, understanding, uh, understanding is a big part too. Yeah. So I would, I would tell my younger self, um, to just not take, not take it so personally and relax a little bit and take care of, take care of her heart. What's happening, you know, Lucy, listening to this? I'm absorbing. I mean, this is precious wisdom to me. So I'm listening very attentively and and really receiving your transmission. Don't take the other person that your intimate partner so personally. And how I understand that is don't cons or allow yourself to not always see your partner in reference to yourself. And how that is so easy to get caught in that in that dynamic, seeing it in your in reference to yourself. And also, what you bring up in in compassion, the the topic of compassion, feeling sensitivity. Another thing that comes up for me that I see how has been so relevant in my relationships i mean friendships uh, any kind of relationship is is also courage the courage to address all the difficult issues uh, and to approach them to meet them to to bring them up into the field and and really address them with that element of curiosity and, and interest and the genuine love for truth that's another thing that comes comes up for me so what where I'm at is what Monique is sharing is filling out my consciousness so it's expanding my consciousness and refining my understanding of what it means to be in a relationship how to have a healthy relationship and and the process of being in a relationship so I, I value I value what is being transmitted and in my immediate experience I can feel focus, I can feel how I'm focused and how my soul is simultaneously receptive so I can feel the sensation of being receptive is as if my soul is absorbing um, and this how to describe that sensation. Maybe I would say a, a sponge of light. It's more a sponge of light. I wouldn't say a classical sponge. It's a, it's a different type of sponge that is absorbing. And, and I can feel the texture of that in my, in my body and my soul. Simultaneously, I still notice the tiredness in my, in my body, which I'm including 
and how that is creating a sense of tension in my in my system uh, somehow. Yeah, that's that's what's going on for me. Uh, what's happening for you, Monique? I'm feeling spacious. I'm feeling a spaciousness, a settledness, a quiet mind, a pleasure, sense of enjoyment, being with both of you. Yeah, it's a, a rich, a rich texture. There's, there's something about a rich texture here. I look at the wall behind you, the Ellen, the, whatever's behind you, it has a, a gold, looks gold and rich and like I could touch it. it, has a texture. I don't know, maybe the spongy thing. <laughs> you know, there's a sense of, oh, it's penetrable. Yeah. What about you, Ellen? <laughs> A part of me became really happy that you seemed to like my wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Ooh>, nice. <laughs> Maybe I'll always record in here. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. So there's some there's some laughter, uh, joy. Uh, I can feel my body being very here and now, but also ready. Like it's sharp. It's it's um like I could jump up in the air at any time if I wanted to. Like there's a readiness to it. And then I am uh, since like yeah, since our conversation, this thing about the balance between having different things present at the same time, I can I can feel my here and now in the conversation. And as well, I'm discovering a little bit of like a overvoice, like um a commenter. Maybe not my super ego, but more like if I would have someone commenting on this episode or like you have in the movies, like a voice, a background speaker voice, like mm. that's uh, commenting and happy about different things. And then like, oh, what's happening now? I may be worried about different things. And I missed. And I used to be so judgmental about that, that I have this little over, over tune. Narrator, narrator, perhaps. Yeah, like a narrator. Like if my movie was a book, the narrator. And now I felt the... Uh, brave and comfortable and like rising that that's also here the little narrator who's like so excited actually that we're gonna um publish this episode to the public and that they can listen to this because it's like it's so good i'm so happy <laughs> and i just wish like i wish to share your words with the world but i'm so happy we're gonna do that and that is like oh oh okay Yes, I mean, I'm so excited. Yeah. 
That's what the line. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Do you have something, Ellen? Do you want to ask? Um. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering. You you have a Japanese background, right, Monique? I'm uh, Japanese American and French Canadian American. So my mother was French Canadian and my father was Japanese American. And I was raised, I was born in the um, the late 50s. So I'm in my 60s now. And uh, my parents actually were quite pioneers in uh, interracial marriage because they married shortly after, seven or 10 years after World War II ended. And um, there's a whole history with that, but yes, so I'm I uh, have lived this this particular soul has lived its life as a person straddling two cultures and two races, or a person incorporating two cultures and two races. Have you inquired into that at all? Do you, have you dived into how that has shaped who you are today? It's been an ongoing inquiry for most of my life. Um, I've been grateful for the, the tool of inquiry in terms of being able to inquire into the direct experience. Um, the the uh, hatred towards Asians that has happened in the US recently uh, has been challenging. Um, it's made me aware of difference being perceived as different. I've also been generally the pretty much the only Asian person as a, as a kid growing up in most of the spaces that I was in. So it's it's been, a in, in terms of identity, there's a part of me that's always known that I wasn't what I look like, right? That I wasn't uh, to be defined by either the French Canadian side or the Japanese side. Um, that I am uh, something much deeper than that, something much richer than that, and something more undefinable. And so when it's come to the question of identity, uh, it's always been confusing, <laughs> right? Like, how do I identify? Um, and I feel that my my this kind of brings us to the being in the world, but not of it that we talk about in the diamond approach, that I live in the world, I am in the world, I function as a human being, I function, you know, as a, as with a, a rich, full human life, yet what I am and who I am um, originates from something beyond the culture. You know, that it, it, I, it, it's also helped me see that in others, right, and become more aware of Oh gee, well I do may, maybe I do have a bias there because there's a there's a blinder on. I've been I've been affected by the culture like everyone else has. So I may not see I may not see initially, but when I look deeper, I sense the other through uh, through my heart really, like who the other is. So it's been it's been ongoing an ongoing inquiry, and uh, I think I've just left it up to there's no resolution. <laughs> Mm. I, there's no place to go with it. It just deepens. 
it just deepens the inquiry deepens to the point where recently i had an uh, an inquiry where i saw that um this particular soul it didn't it's not a choice but this particular soul this has been this particular soul this soul's journey to come in to come in when i did to come in with these two this bicultural uh, biracial body uh genetics like the the whole history all we 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 come in with our the history of our ancestors right and this is how it's been this has been my soul's unfoldment and so what does that mean for me being in the world what does it mean for me understanding for for being being a voice for truth being a voice for healing being a voice for um uh, making the world a better place right because of the experience that i've had but just just in, and i think we all come in that way we all come in with that opportunity because we're all that again that back to that specificity the unique we're all unique precious individuals we're all unique precious souls there'll be never be another one like any of us and we all have our journeys we all have our we've all had our our feelings of being rejected and they whether they came from you know kids calling calling in names or they came from uh something else we've all had that experience and so i think it's added to a particular richness of my experience as a human being hmm one thing i want to say before uh reflecting upon what you just shared is there's an excellent book written by dominic lieber 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 which is called diving into the inner ocean where he explores and shares uh, about the practice of inquiry inquiry so if anyone listening are curious they're new to inquiry they don't know exactly what that is and even people who've been on the path i read it myself and i was very amazed and it was very useful to to hear dom's perspective and and really receive that in in that form so that book i highly recommend you can find it on amazon uh, or yeah, any any place basically so so that's something i recommend we've been we've, you've been bringing up inquiry so many times and i was thinking you know this is a good thing to for people to clock yeah, yeah. Mm. Hmm. yeah there's so much that i could uh yeah that, that i feel that we could we could go into with what you just shared um and the question of identities is a, is a big one. Mm. What's your sense of identity, Eileen? What's your sense of the question of identity? Identity as like who I am, what I identify as, or <laughs> well, however that lands with you. There's this like fear now that I will say something which is too shallow, like too uh, girly or something, too unworthy. Uh, so it's bringing that full inner critic up. 
And then there's more of this, um, like a deepening sensation in my body and a bit of a like inner knowing and courage. Like you could, you could say the first things like, sure, I, I'm blonde, I'm Scandinavian, I'm Swedish. My parents were both from Sweden. They were artists, met at art school. I'm a product of their fling, which wasn't a very long thing. My parents weren't married. Um, he died. So I am the daughter of the lost son. Now I am as well as mother. So I'm a, I'm, my kid is two and a half. So I'm small bunch mama for Svenska. It's like tiny kid mom. And as I'm saying this, there's something more in my chest that's like, like more, more energy. And, and what is that? I don't know. I'm, I've started to get the sense that I'm born into this world to discover something and to pass it forward. A bit like in the Diamond Approach book one, which you talked about. Uh, Monique, the real elements of man, they describe this. It's a bit um, passing on knowledge, like collecting nectar that you then bring forward. And now I feel like this is the most important journey in my life. And I sort of identify a bit with that mission that I'm quite young now. And I'm so happy I've discovered this path, like in my late 20s, so that I can the older I get, the wiser I get, I can pass it forward. And therefore I'm a bit of like presence and some type of wisdom. And then I don't know, then it goes like, my mind just goes like, I don't know what I am. It's so mysterious. What will happen to me when I die? <laughs> like that's, that's something that I'm thinking about a lot. I'm I started to get the sense that when I die, like it won't be the end of me. I probably will live again, like some type of reincarnation or my energy will go somewhere or it's like, mm. and I also identify, like I like to look at the human race as a um, metaphor of like a mushroom, like, like chanterelles. We have chanterelles in Scandinavia and, and you go around in the forest and they like plop up different places and they all look different. And you might go see like, oh, there's so many chantarelles here, but actually there's not. There's one because they all have the same roots, but they plop up in different places. So therefore they think they are unique and uh, discriminated from one another, but actually they're all the same chantarelle that's like popped up to look upon another, on one another. I don't know, maybe so we can have inquiry or reflect to one ourselves, but, but that's the sense I'm having on my identity. Like I, I'm a chanterelle and you are chanterelles and somehow we're connected, which I guess is a bit more oneness than like discrimination. But yeah, that's also very true for me. Mm. Yeah. 
then uh, I was obviously curious. Uh, what about you, Vasi? What do you identify as? What, what what comes to mind for you? I'll happily answer that, but I would love to hear Monique if you have any response, and and maybe you can riff on the same question a little bit. I love the image of the chanterelles. That's that's a really that's a great image, um, and it's it's a metaphor. Um, Well, it depends. There are times right in this moment, I'm not aware of specific identity. But there's no, I don't feel there's anyone here trying to be somebody. I, I feel a simplicity. Just a simplicity of just presence being here. Yeah, that's what's here. That's what's here for me. There's someone saying me, but I'm not sure who that me actually is in this moment. And it's not, I, I could, okay, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm a woman. I mean, I could go through that list, but those feel like they're kind of sticky notes on, on a, a balloon or something. <laughs> I'm a chanterelle. Mm. The aspens in uh, the West here in the, in the U.S., we have aspen groves, and they're similar. They're aspen trees. They're a white bark tree and uh, pretty small green leaves. And they, the largest living form is an aspen grove. It's similar to the chanterelles. They're one organism with multiple, multiple individuals populating the whole forest. Mm. I would love to hear more. Could you elaborate even more on your experience of the moment, your experience in this very moment? Well, I can feel my body. I feel my feet connected to the floor. Feel my belly, pelvis. This is seating. I feel deeply seated. I can actually feel my heart beating. a sense of aliveness. Density is coming in a, a very uh, dense blackness. It's like it's landing. 
is bringing a quiet, My seeing feels like it's coming from behind my eyeballs. I don't know how else to explain that. There's a seeing that's happening from a depth. Very still. A deep peace.
Monique, do you want to share with us what's alive in you now after listening to this song that you chose? My heart feels open. So, uh, the black depth is here and uh, the stillness and a vibrant aliveness. Uh, a deep appreciation for the Yogetsu Sakasa for bringing that Heart Sutra into Bitboxing. Um, yeah, there's a, a fieriness coming up now, fire life, aliveness. Curious at how how this song impacted both of you. Chant. Yeah, the song. I could feel it vibrate in my body, like in the middle of my body and towards my heart and where my heart would sit if it would be on the right side as well. I'm like processing. It's integrating a lot of the wisdom that's been shared here tonight. And there's this um, expansion in my, in myself. It was very pleasant to listen to. And I feel calm and grounded. And there's also an expansion from my head, like moving outwards. And I'm so curious. <laughs> this little narrative in my voice saying but Ellen if, if you're not doing the diamond approach to heal yourself why are you doing it like <laughs> what's the point <laughs> what's the point to your life <laughs> oh yeah that also came up as I was listening mm. and how about you let's see I'm intrigued by a certain <clears throat> reflection that comes up when you when, with what you shared mm. uh, when it comes to the Dion approach and healing. Before I uh, go into that, mm, I felt that my body and my soul was partially receptive to the song. 
so on one level there was this peace and relaxation and on another level I felt that my body my body was dancing and also there was a part of my body that was a bit in resistance to listening to beatbox right now this is interesting maybe linked to the the tension that I feel in my upper thighs we're doing squats and stuff like that and my body feels really tired I don't know I don't know what the what the background for it is saying that I do really honor that piece of spiritual art this is important for me to say I really value that piece of exquisite spiritual art. And when I say that, I notice a sense of aliveness. I notice a sense of expansion in my heart and in my spine. It's as if the frequency of my being increased as I was tuning into the depth of the transmission of that song, the amount of attention, love, creativity, depth that's put into making that, creating that, and sharing that. Exquisite. Yeah. Yeah, and just finally, uh, what came up for me is when we speak about diamond approach and healing, mm. I just find that as an interesting, interesting conversation and interesting uh, inquiry. Over the years, <clears throat> uh, what I feel that I've, what I, how I see the diamond approach is an, an, an explorer's path, an adventurer's path. When I think of healing, I, I, I primarily think of therapy. I think of plant medicine. Um, not, I mean, I'm not going to categorize it in a, in a rigid way. However, I feel that there are many uh, ways and, and traditions that are healing-oriented. My sense of the diamond approach is that... It's a path for explorers, people who really love to discover. Who, and I feel healing is a part of that, to really heal our wounds so that we can become whole and we can begin our exploration for real. <laughs> and I was, I've, I've also been seeing the double helix in the process of evolution and the process of exploration. Because as we evolve as human beings, we more of the human potential or reality's potential opens up to us, which allows us to explore more. But I feel the depth and the foundation 
of it is discovery, curiosity, and exploration, and how evolution serves that process, serves that orientation, serves that possibility. Yeah. Beautifully said. Possibilities are endless. And they're they're here. Hmm. Yeah. I feel a lot of love now. Like a field of love. In all directions. In a sense of contentment. Yeah. With the resonance of truth. It's been to share time with you, huh? share presence with you, share space with you. I've appreciated being with both of you in the, our, our trialogue. <laughs> trialogue. <laughs> trialogue, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us. And showing, showing us who you are. Deep appreciation for the space and for the, the service that you're providing as a result of the Pearl Dialogues and sharing yourselves as well. Very sweet. Thank you. Very sweet, yeah. I can feel the sweetness, I can taste the sweetness. It's very precious to explore being oneself in this um, quite raw and direct format, like meeting, also knowing people can see our face, see our eyes, see our voices see our reactions and still do it and still go deeper. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's a sensation in my chest as I talk about it. I don't have words to define it, 
It feels like I'm sparkling. <laughs> mm, you're <laughs> sparkly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Before we end, Monique, do you want to? To share a little bit about your teaching situation. Are you teaching in some groups? Are you open for student and private sessions? I have openings for private private uh, session students and uh, people who might be interested in doing the diamond body practice, uh, as well as I'm actually starting a book group. Um, to explore space cruiser inquiry that starts february 1st with a couple of groups local here if there's interest i could start another one if there's interest for other other folks who'd like to join um, is that a local group or online it's going to be online uh, we've opened it up to uh, a couple of the groups in massachusetts right now and uh, I'm, i may be interested in joining that yeah, me too. Cruise space cruiser inquiry. Let's go. Yeah. Let's fly off. <laughs> yeah, sweet. No. So, where would one who's listening to this, if there's open spots, find information about? This? I could send you email. Yeah. Okay. So, Sorry. if anyone listening wants to join, how do they proceed? They can email me at uh, Monique Morimoto at gmail .com. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And as well, you have a website where people can find you? Uh, my website is geared more towards my coaching, uh, but it's soulworkscoaching.com. And you can get a sense of my uh, philosophy around the coaching piece. And it also speaks a bit about the Diamond Approach work. I haven't updated it yet to, uh, to be focused on my teaching. Cool. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who listened through yes. the way through, huh? <laughs> yeah. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> ciao, ciao. <laughs>